Good day and thank you for standing by. Welcome to Intellect's third quarter 2022 earnings conference call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker presentation, there'll be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1-1 on your telephone. You will then hear an automated message advising your hand is raised. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. I'd now like to hand the conference over to your first speaker today, to Deborah Gordon, Vice President, Investor Relations. Please go ahead. Thank you, Delam. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us for Insulet's third quarter 2022 earnings call. With me today are Jim Hollingshead, President and Chief Executive Officer, and Wade McMillan, Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer. Brett Christensen, our Executive Vice President and Chief Commercial Officer, is also with us for the Q&A portion of our call. Both the replay of this call and the press release discussing our 2022 third quarter results and 2022 guidance will be available on the Investor Relations section of our website. Before we begin, we would like to inform you that certain statements made by Insulet during the course of this call may be forward-looking and could materially differ from current expectations. Please refer to the cautionary statements in our SEC filings for a detailed explanation of the inherent limitations of such statements. We'll also discuss non-GAAP financial measures with respect to our performance, namely adjusted gross margin, adjusted operating margin, adjusted EBITDA, and constant currency revenue, which is revenue growth excluding the effect of foreign exchange. These measures align with what management uses as supplemental measures in assessing our operating performance, and we believe they are helpful to investors, analysts, and other interested parties as measures of our operating performance from period to period. Additionally, unless otherwise stated, all financial commentary regarding dollar and percentage changes will be on a year-over-year reported basis, with the exception of revenue growth rates, which will be on a year-over-year constant currency basis. With that, I'll turn the call over to Jim. Thanks, Deb. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us. The third quarter marked a continuation of our strong revenue performance, new customer growth, and strategic progress. We increased our full-year revenue outlook, and the entire Insulate team continues to execute at a high level and advance our mission. We're focused on finishing the year strong and carrying sustained momentum into 2023. In Q3, we achieved several notable milestones. We once again delivered record U.S. and global new customer starts which helped us achieve a remarkable 42% year-over-year growth in the U.S., our highest U.S. revenue growth rate in at least a decade. This was driven in large part by an incredible start for our U.S. full market release for our revolutionary Omnipod 5 automated insulin delivery system. The feedback on Omnipod 5 from our potters and their caregivers continues to be fantastic. And of course, we are far from finished. We continue to work to expand access to Omnipod 5, as well as increase the total addressable market for our Omnipod platform. During the quarter, we expanded Omnipod 5's indication down to age two and secured CE mark. We also continue to drive growth with Omnipod Dash, both in our international markets and in the US, especially in the type two diabetes market. Building on that, We are incredibly excited to announce that we have developed and will soon submit a 510K for a new basal-only pod to accelerate our future growth in type 2. It's a clear indication of our commitment to further innovate for people with diabetes and expand our addressable market 
and I'll share more about this in a few moments. We could not be more excited about what's yet to come for Insulid and our customers. The market enthusiasm for Omnipod 5 is greater than even we anticipated. Demand is coming from all across the market. Our core target market of MDI users is growing ahead of our own forecast and continues to be the greatest source of new customers for us. But we are also seeing significant increases in customer conversions. Current Omnipod users are converting to Omnipod 5 at a much higher rate than we saw with previous product launches, demonstrating that even current potters see Omnipod 5 as a breakthrough offering. In addition to those coming from MDI, we are seeing significant volumes of customers converting from tubed pump technologies. And in many cases, we are winning back customers who had once been potters. Thousands of people are returning to us and adopting Omnipod 5. And this strong demand also comes from all age groups. We achieved record new customer starts with both adult and pediatric users. In Q3, after only two months of its full market release, Omnipod 5 represented over 80% of U.S. new customer starts, compared to over 25% in Q2. This validates the power of Omnipod 5 and the competitive advantages it offers. It is the only tubeless AID system with an adaptive algorithm that works as designed right out of the box, delivering high time and range. The algorithm then learns from each patient's specific usage and automatically personalizes care over the first two or three pods. Because of that personalization, we are seeing consistent reports of increased time and range, reduction in A1C, and markedly low hypoglycemia. It is the combination of clinical effectiveness and our unique Omnipod platform that is fueling our success. As a result, our historical 80-20 mix of those coming from MDI and traditional tubed pumps is changing. In Q3, we saw an estimated 60-40 split due to significantly more competitive takeaways. We're excited by our early progress and are gratified to see how Omnipod 5 is transforming diabetes management. We have long believed that superior innovation, offering simplicity, discretion, and improved outcomes will drive adoption in our large, underpenetrated markets. Omnipod 5 is demonstrating this to be true. Omnipod 5 offers more than any other AID system on the market, including a number of market firsts. It's the first pod-based AID system, the first fully compatible phone-controlled AID system, the first system that no one has to plug in to access data, and the first AID system with a predictive algorithm, our smart bolus calculator, that directly incorporates not just blood glucose levels, but also blood glucose trends. And the stories are inspiring. We recently heard from a healthcare practitioner who has patients on Omnipod 5, several of whom called her elated about the dramatic improvements in their diabetes management. This HCP said she and her patients are amazed with our system, and for the first time, they have been in range 100% of the time. They called their experience, quote, life-changing. It's clear Omnipod 5 is making it easier for our customers and their caregivers to manage diabetes, and it's simplifying the interaction between patients and their HCPs. We expect Omnipod 5's contribution to further accelerate growth as we gain additional market traction and increased commercial coverage. To that end, we've made significant strides with access, and by the end of Q3, we secured coverage for over 80% of U.S. covered lives for Omnipod 5, well ahead of our initial expectations. We have also experienced a few challenges that we are hitting head-on. 
The incredible market response has placed pressure on our onboarding capabilities, particularly incoming call volumes. Additionally, the voluntary medical device correction we initiated last month for our Omnipod Dash personal diabetes managers in response to the battery issue we identified also slightly elevated call volumes. Given this, we are in the process of carefully reviewing the early field data on the Omnipod 5 controller to ensure it meets our high expectations for safety and user satisfaction. We have received a few inbound calls highlighting a potential issue related to charging the controller. Our work is ongoing, and if we ultimately decide to take a particular action, you can expect it to be swift and transparent. Every single aspect of the Omnipod 5 experience is important to us. We are investing to increase our onboarding and call center resources and are already seeing significantly improved response times. We're driving customer growth through our access and awareness efforts. We have a differentiated business model and a unique leadership position in the U.S. pharmacy channel. Both make access to our technology extremely simple, efficient, and affordable, which further differentiates Omnipod during challenging economic times. We have long focused on improving functional access for our customers. As a result, the vast majority of our U.S. customers continue to pay less than $50 a month through the pharmacy channel for both Omnipod Dash and Omnipod 5, and the average copay is less than $50. Consistent with our commitment to drive expanded access, we are proud to offer our technology at a similar cost to multiple daily injections, while also delivering improved outcomes and quality of life. We also remain focused on the benefits our model provides to physicians and payers. Our pay-as-you-go model makes access easier and more affordable for customers, while also eliminating lengthy lock-in periods. At the same time, it provides a superior value proposition and is less expensive for payers. We eliminate the large upfront costs that are common in the durable medical equipment channel with traditional tubed pumps, which make those offerings far more expensive, especially since individuals in the U.S. change insurance plans every couple of years on average. In addition to growing our strong position in the Type 1 market, our initiatives are also key drivers of our leadership in the type 2 space. People with type 2 diabetes are becoming increasingly comfortable with an on-body tubeless device, and we offer an unmatched user experience with Omnipod Dash and Classic Omnipod. We were pleased with the recent local coverage determination proposal that would provide CGM coverage for basal insulin patients. This proposal, if approved, increases access to CGMs. At the same time, CGM awareness is rising, and we are well-positioned to capitalize on this market expansion opportunity. Today, we're a leader in the Type 2 space, and now we are taking this a step further with another novel innovation. We have developed a version of Omnipod specifically designed to treat Type 2 patients on basal-only therapy, which we plan to submit to the FDA in a few days. It should greatly improve both the user experience and adherence by completely removing the use of needles. It is the perfect product for people with needle phobia and others who may struggle with adherence to daily or weekly injections. The total addressable market for our basal-only pod is estimated to be approximately 3 million people in the U.S. alone. It leverages our unique Omnipod platform, including auto-insertion, comfortable wear, and affordable access through the U.S. pharmacy channel, creating a winning first-of-its-kind product for this population. The basal-only pod is incredibly simple to use and requires no controller or phone application to deliver a fixed rate of rapid-acting insulin for 72 continuous hours. 
This new innovation allows early entry into the type 2 treatment pathway, gets patients comfortable with pod therapy, and creates a clear pathway for them to adopt other Omnipod product offerings as their insulin needs evolve. Pending regulatory clearance, we plan to begin U.S. commercialization in 2024. Our basal-only pod is expected to drive TAM expansion and revenue growth for years to come while further improving the lives of people with diabetes. This innovation builds upon our leadership position in the type 2 market. During the third quarter, individuals with type 2 represented an estimated 15% to 20% of our U.S. new customer starts. As expected, this percentage is declining given our success driving Omnipod 5 adoption in the type 1 market. However, we remain confident that the simplicity of our Omnipod 5 platform represents a significant competitive advantage that will allow us to expand our customer base in both the type 1 and type 2 populations. As a reminder, like all AID systems, Omnipod 5 is currently indicated for use only for people with type 1 diabetes. However, the number of individuals with type 2 adopting Omnipod Dash remains very strong. Serving the type 2 population is a priority for us, and we are confident the combination of our form factor, access model, and innovative product portfolio will continue to drive customer adoption. Another area of focus is advancing our clinical efforts. Our Omnipod 5 randomized controlled trial is progressing well. We're on track to complete enrollment of 120 participants in the U.S. and expect to soon begin enrollment of up to 80 participants in France. We believe the results will demonstrate Omnipod 5's benefits compared to non-AID pump use with CGM. We are confident this will strengthen our position to secure broad reimbursement and pricing for Omnipod 5 in our international markets. As I mentioned, we were excited to receive our expanded indication down to H2 for Omnipod 5. We are a leader in the pediatric segment and are confident Omnipod 5 will truly change the lives of these young children and their families. Based on our positive Omnipod 5 type 2 feasibility study results, I'm happy to share that we expect to begin a type 2 pivotal trial for Omnipod 5 in 2023. We continue to advance our robust innovation pipeline with a focus on future AID offerings as well as building our digital and data capabilities. Our iOS integration work is ongoing, as is our development work to integrate Omnipod 5 with Dexcom's G7 and Abbott's CGMs. We remain committed to building on our product offering and also providing CGM of choice to our customers. Our investments in R&D and innovation are a strategic priority that we fully expect will drive sustainable long-term growth and continued value creation. Our priorities in this area are clear. Complete integration with our CGM partners, grow our global addressable markets, and create digital and data-driven products to simplify diabetes management for both customers and caregivers. One especially important feature Omnipod 5 offers is real-time usage data feeds. This simplifies diabetes management for patients and their physicians. Looking ahead, we will be in a strong position to use that data to further enhance the patient experience, improve workflows for physicians, and build on our competitive advantages. Moving to our international operations, we were pleased to receive CE Mark for Omnipod 5 in September. This represents a major step on our path to deliver Omnipod 5 to people globally. We remain focused on building the necessary cloud-based infrastructure needed to deliver the Omnipod 5 experience while ensuring compliance with local data protection regulations. At the same time, we're developing country-specific launch plans and continuing our work to drive premium reimbursement. 
We expect to enter our first international market in mid-2023. Given our planned stage approach, we will roll out Omnipod 5 more broadly throughout 2024. Lastly, our global manufacturing capabilities support our long-term growth trajectory and serve as another competitive moat. Global supply chain and macro-related headwinds remain, but we are addressing the needs of our expanding global customer base and supporting the adoption ramp of Omnipod 5. Our team has secured components and built product ahead of our forecasted capacity needs. While this results in increased costs that impact margins, they are necessary to deliver uninterrupted products for our customers. Although our U.S. manufacturing will continue to be a headwind to gross margin given the higher production costs, over the long term we are confident all of our sites combined will continue to deliver the highest quality product and gross margin expansion. Our U.S. manufacturing has allowed us to build redundancy, capabilities, and gain key learnings that are driving efficiency, quality, and productivity improvements across all our facilities. In closing, we once again achieved notable financial, commercial, and operational milestones and are focused on finishing years strong. With our customers at the center of everything we do, our entire Insulate team is executing our global mission and strengthening our foundation for sustainable long-term growth. I will now turn the call over to Wade. Thanks, Jim. Q3 marked another record-breaking quarter. Our global team continues to execute at a high level, and Omnipod 5 is proving to be a life-changing new option for people with diabetes. We're focused on finishing the year strong and entering 2023 with momentum. We generated 29% revenue growth in the third quarter, finishing above the high end of our guidance range, driven by total Omnipod growth of 30%. On a reported basis, for total revenue, foreign currency was a 480 basis point headwind compared to Q3 of last year. U.S. Omnipod revenue growth was 42%, exceeding our guidance range. Revenue growth continues to be driven by the compounding benefit from record new customer starts and increasing volume through the U.S. pharmacy channel. This includes a growing contribution from Omnipod 5 and a premium for the pod, given we provide the PDM at no charge in the pharmacy channel. Growth in the quarter included an estimated $16 million benefit associated with the initial quarter of Omnipod 5 volume ramp. This was primarily driven by conversions from Omnipod Dash and Classic Omnipod, where we benefited from some customers getting both their starter kits and first refills in the quarter, as well as some initial stocking in retail pharmacies. Omnipod 5 and Omnipod Dash new customer starts combined were over 95% of our total U.S. new customer starts, comprised of Omnipod 5 at over 80% and Omnipod Dash at almost 15%. In addition, pharmacy channel volume increased to almost 75% of our total U.S. volume. International Omnipod revenue increased 9% within our guidance range, driven by Omnipod Dash adoption, partially offset by ongoing AID competition. On a reported basis, foreign currency was a 1,440 basis point headwind over the prior year, which was approximately 140 basis points unfavorable versus our prior guide. During Q3, our estimated global attrition remained consistent and utilization was higher, driven by the Omnipod 5 ramp benefit mentioned. 
drug delivery revenue declined 4% at the high end of our guidance range. Gross margin was 55.3%, representing an approximate 1,300 basis point decrease, including a favorable foreign currency impact of approximately 70 basis points. Cost of revenue included a $37 million charge, or approximately 1,100 basis points, related to the voluntary medical device correction. The aggregate $37 million charge in Q3 primarily reflects the estimated replacement units, shipping, and reclaim costs of the PDMs for global Omnipod Dash users. This charge is within the estimated $35 million to $45 million we included in our October 8K filing. We no longer expect any material additional operating expenses to be recorded in Q4 of this year or in 2023 as we previously had estimated. Excluding the Q3 medical device correction charge, adjusted gross margin was 66.1%, representing a 240 basis point decrease. The primary drivers were the expected higher mix of costs as we ramp our U.S. manufacturing operations, higher manufacturing costs associated with drug delivery, and higher mix of costs given Omnipod 5 ramping. These costs were partially offset by growing volume in the U.S. pharmacy channel, including the associated premium. Operating expenses were slightly higher than our expectations to support higher demand for Omnipod 5 and were higher than Q3 of last year due to continued investments in sales and marketing, such as our Omnipod 5 launch efforts, development work to advance our innovation pipeline, and costs to scale our business to support our growth. Adjusted operating margin and adjusted EBITDA in Q3, which exclude the voluntary medical device correction, were 11.6% and 18.4% respectively. Both metrics were impacted year over year by gross margin pressures and an increase in operating expenses. Turning to cash and liquidity, we ended the quarter with over $720 million in cash and the full $70 million available under our credit facility. Our financial position remains strong and offers us the flexibility to strategically invest in our business, further strengthen our innovation pipeline, and deliver growth for years to come. Now turning to 2022 guidance, we are raising our total company full-year revenue growth to a range of 18% to 19% including total Omnipod growth of 23% to 24%. For U.S. Omnipod, we are increasing our revenue range to 30% to 31%. We expect revenue growth to be driven primarily by strong Omnipod 5 new customer starts and conversions to Omnipod 5 from both Omnipod Dash and classic Omnipod, as well as increasing Omnipod Dash volume and the benefits of our pay-as-you-go business model. For international Omnipod, we are raising the low end of our full-year guidance and now expect a range of 11% to 12%. On a reported basis, we estimate an unfavorable foreign exchange impact of approximately 1,200 basis points. Growth is mainly driven by ongoing Omnipod Dash adoption, partially offset by AID competitive headwinds. Lastly, for drug delivery, We're raising the low end of our full year guidance range and now expect a decline 
of 37% to 35%. As a reminder, 2021 levels were elevated as a result of the pandemic. Turning to 2022 gross margin, excluding the impact of the voluntary medical device correction, we continue to expect a gross margin range of 65% to 66%. On a year-over-year -year basis, we expect our gross margin will be impacted by higher costs associated with our U.S. manufacturing ramp, product line mix due to ramping Omnipod 5, and lower drug delivery revenue. These headwinds will be partially offset by the benefit of increasing volume in the U.S. pharmacy channel. As we previously stated, we expect many of these factors to impact our results for the next couple of years, and as a result, we expect 2023 gross margin to be similar to this year. Excluding certain legal and CEO transition costs, we continue to expect operating expenses to rise year over year due to the investments in our sales and marketing efforts, including the launch of Omnipod 5, as well as expanding our innovation pipeline and clinical efforts and scaling our support functions. We continue to expect adjusted operating margin to be in the high single digits. And for 2023, given the expectation for gross margin and the continued investments to launch Omnipod 5 in the U.S. and international markets, as well as ongoing innovation, clinical, commercial, and support functions to scale the business, and costs associated with our implementing a new enterprise reporting system, we expect operating margins to be similar to 2022. Our commitment to margin expansion continues, and we expect to begin to leverage this bolus of investments in 2024 and beyond. Lastly, we now expect capital expenditures to be relatively level with prior year versus our previous expectation of a slight increase. Turning to our fourth quarter 2022 revenue guidance, we expect total company growth of 11% to 14%, including total Omnipod growth of 23% to 26%. On a reported basis, we estimate an unfavorable foreign exchange impact of approximately 500 basis points. For U.S. Omnipod, we expect growth of 27% to 30%. For international Omnipod, we expect growth of 15% to 18%. On a reported basis, we estimate an unfavorable foreign exchange impact of approximately 1,600 basis points. Finally, we expect Q4 drug delivery revenue to be nominal as the majority of our orders for the year have already been fulfilled. In conclusion, we're delivering solid financial performance, achieving critical milestones, and further positioning Insulate for long-term sustainable growth. These are exciting times given the full market release of Omnipod 5, the recent milestones we've achieved, and the progress we've made advancing our innovation pipeline. We're focused on continuing to execute at a high level and delivering on our mission. <clears throat> With that dilemma, please open the call for questions. Thank you, sir. As a reminder, to ask a question, you would need to press star 1-1 on your telephone. We ask that you keep your questions to no more than one, but please feel free to go back into the queue, and if time permits, we'll be more than happy to take your follow-up questions at that time. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster.
And I show our first question comes from the line of Jeff Johnson from Barrett. Please go ahead. Thanks. Good afternoon, guys. Can you hear me okay? We can hear you loud and clear, Jeff. All right. Great, Jim. Uh, congratulations on the quarter. I, I guess, you know, a lot of big numbers and a lot of good numbers that we could focus on. But let me let me ask a question that maybe it doesn't focus on those things, and that's the charging issue you brought up maybe on, on Omnipod 5 that you might be seeing some early signs on. Uh, you know, obviously I would think – technologically you can fix that you can figure that out and maybe it doesn't even grow up to be any any kind of real issue but is there any risk at all especially your stock's going to be up tomorrow expectations are high given how good 05 seems to be going here any expectations we should have or concerns we should have that you know maybe 05 rx new rx's have to pause for a little bit because of this charging issue you have to come back and say hey maybe you know three months from now we'll have it fixed or two months from now and then we can start up this 05 momentum again just just help us understand kind of the the level of risk in this charging issue. Thanks. Sure. Thanks, Jeff. It's really early days. So let me let me start first and foremost with, you know, for us, patient safety is absolutely the top priority. Right? And in terms of the complaints we're seeing on uh, on the charging of the Omnipod 5, you know, it's a small number of complaints. At this point, we're looking at like a couple of dozen complaints, but we're, we're looking at it really closely. And um, we don't yet have enough data to be able to understand exactly what's going on, what the risk levels are. And so, um, you know, we're looking at it, we're going to fully investigate it. And if, if we have to take any kind of action, we're going to be, as I said in the prepared comments, we're going to be really fast. We're going to be completely transparent with our customers, completely transparent with investors, and obviously with the FDA, right? So it's, I think it's too early to say, and we're looking at it really closely. Thank you. And I show our next question comes from the line of Travis Steed from Bank of America Securities. Please go ahead. Hey, congrats on a, a really great quarter. Um, I guess just to focus on uh, a lot of things to ask, but to focus on the, the dynamic of you're talking about more tube pump uh, patients coming your way. I think you even said the word thousands. We'll have a little more color there. Do you think this is like a one-time bolus where, where you think people were just waiting for Omnipod 5, or do you think this is a more sustainable trend where the 60-40 can, can hold? And then how, how the carry carries over to 2023. I think the street's modeling 20% growth. I would think the U.S. could do a little better than that, and the OUS maybe below that. Travis, I'll start on that, and then I'll ask the team to maybe add some color. I'll just say that, um, you know, Omnipod 5 is such an appealing offer. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think the, mar the general market has been waiting for Omnipod 5. It's revolutionary. You guys all know the value prop, but, you know, wearable, disposable, tubeless patch pump, we competed on that form factor for a long time very successfully. Now we've added automated insulin delivery. So patients no longer have to make the choice between a patch pump and an AID pump. And that, um, and you couple that with all of, you know, our, our, the access to the channel, the reimbursement access, and the economics. Um, I don't think that value prop is going to be any less appealing in Q4 or in 2023 than it is today. But I'll ask the team if they want to add color. Yeah. Hey, Travis, it's Brett. <clears throat> so as you know, you know, for, for years, we've talked about this 80-20 split where 80% of all of our new starts come from MDI. That has been our focus. It will continue to be our focus. But as Jim said, you know, we don't have to, our patients don't have to make that choice now between the superior form factor of Omnipod and an AID system so they can get it all. And so it's not surprising to us that the, the split changed from 80-20. Uh, we'll see what, where it settles in. You know, we don't know yet if, that was a, if there was a bolus of 
tube pump users that wanted to try Omnipod, or if, if it's going to settle in there, it's likely to settle in somewhere uh, different than 80-20, but we're excited to finally be offering a choice to those that chose an AID system but really preferred the form factor of Omnipod. So we'll, we'll see where it settles in in the, in the coming quarters, but again, it's a really an exciting development that we're getting these tube pump conversions. That's great. <clears throat> I could just pick up on the question around 2023 revenue growth, and it is really, um, as Jim and Brett just said, AID is the difference maker, and that shows up in the different growth rates between the regions. Um, you know, for U.S., uh, we've got a lot of momentum. Obviously, uh, as, as Jim and Brett just said, and we had the prepared remarks, we're seeing increased demand with MDI as well as conversions from our existing customers on legacy product and then the, the competitive switches here. So a lot of momentum in the U.S. I, I think the way to think about 2023, you know, we'll just give some color here. We're not going to provide guidance. We'll, we'll do that in, in our Q4 call in February. But some color to think about at this point is – um, U.S. carrying a lot of momentum. We should see larger dollar growth in 2023. Need to normalize that for a couple of the volume benefits we've seen here in Q2 and Q3. Um, and that should settle us out, you know, to start right now in that low 20% growth range for the U.S. And then, as you said, uh, OUS, without AID, we're thinking about really consistent. Uh, we think we'll continue to grow really well with Dash in the markets that we're in. Uh, we are bringing Omnipod 5 mid-year to, to start to bring it to our international markets. Um, that rollout will continue through 2024. Um, but where that puts us for international is um, high single digits, low double digits uh, range. I think would be a good place to start for now. And, of course, both those regions we'll be monitoring here throughout Q4 and, uh, and getting, you know, getting more confident in some of these really dynamic metrics, as Brett just highlighted, so we get a lot of things changing uh, pretty dynamically with Omnipod 5. So we'll monitor those, see where they shake out, and put our guidance in place for 2023. Uh, and then drug delivery, just to hit that as well. Um, at this point, we would expect drug delivery to do about the same decline next year as it did this year. So that uh, will put us in kind of that mid $20 million range, uh, about a 25 to $30 million reduction year over year is what we're experiencing this year, and we would think about the same next year. Um, so that sets us up for um, some color on 2023, but as I said, we'll provide the official guide when we get to February next year. Thank you. And I share our next question. comes from the line of Robbie Marcus from J.P. Morgan. Please go ahead. Yeah, uh, thanks for taking the questions, and uh, congrats on a great quarter. Um, and Wade, thanks for the very uh, non-specific uh, guide for next year. I think that'll help get models in a good good place. Um, you know, as we think about some of your competitors, um, they talked about lots of macro headwinds and and upfront costs to the patient, and, and you clearly have a very different business model. But I was hoping you could just you know, give us the latest on what you think the actual out-of-pocket is on average for patients for Omnipod in the U.S. versus MDI and Basil. Um, you know, I don't know if it's a different price point yet and what you've disclosed there um, or willing to disclose. And the average monthly cost for a Basil patient, um, and is it materially different outside the U.S., just as we think about some of the macro headwinds and headwinds some of your competitors are facing. Thanks. Yeah, hi, Robbie. I can take that one. This is Brett. 
So, you know, as far as the, the macro trends in the field, we're not feeling it. You know, we, we're in the midst of an Omnipod 5 launch. Demand is incredibly high. The team's excited. Patients are wanting to start on Omnipod 5. Can't say that we're, we're feeling uh, any of the effects of a, a lingering COVID or, or any sort of macro inflationary recession type, um, type concerns. But, you know, as you mentioned, our business model is different. And we've spent years planning a, a scalable, affordable business model that would allow for patients to upgrade from existing Omnipod products and start. And so we've got very low copays that remain below $50 on average, <clears throat> with a vast majority of all copays in the pharmacy channel being less than $50. Um, that, we've said that with Dash, and, and really the Omnipod 5 copays almost mirror Dash exactly. We're, we, we priced uh, Omnipod 5 at parity, got added, got added to the contracts with payers, and pricing is very similar as far as out-of-pocket out goes for our users. Uh, as far as basal only pod, uh, it, I don't know if that's the question you were asking about uh, out-of-pocket and co-pays. We're not there yet. We'll be building reimbursement and having discussions with payers now that we've mentioned uh, this basal only pod. But we do have some basal usage with our existing products. Primarily Dash is type 2 access. It's very good for Dash, uh, and they'll take Dash, they'll customize it, and use it as a basal only pump, uh, and that, that reimbursement is the exact same for type 1s and type 2s for basal and for insulin intensive. So more to come on the commercialization plans of our basal only pod, but we'll be building reimbursement next year with, with that product. Thank you. And I show our next question comes from the line of Margaret Kaxer from William Blair. Please go ahead. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for taking the question. Yeah, I wanted to, to follow up, I guess, in more detail, even on that basal-specific pump. You know, what are the features that we're going to look for there? You know, is this a mechanical pump? Is this a smart pump? You know, is it going to have the closed-loop features? Is this going to be maybe in the pivotal type 2 trial or not? Uh, or is it going to be a, a separate trial altogether? Thanks. Hey, Margaret, it's Brett. So we, we're excited to start to share more about uh, the basal-only pod. Uh, Jim mentioned at the beginning of the call some of what we're excited about, and, and that is, although we've got access today and, and some basal-only users will use a product like Dash, it was not built for basal-only usage. And there's a lot of complexity in pumps, and we want to take that complexity away for anybody that wants to start on a basal-only pod. So as Jim mentioned, it won't have a controller. That's very key because a lot of the complexity with pumps is around settings. There are no settings with a basal-only pod. Um, so it, it's going to be designed and for the, the basal-only user, whether that's in endocrinology, primary care, it, it's, it's focused on simplicity. And so we'll start to share more about what its form factor looks like. As Jim mentioned, we'll be submitting uh, this product to the FDA in the, in the coming days. And we're just excited to start educating you on, on what it's all about, and we'll do that in the future. But um, do want to highlight how excited we are to capture a patient the moment they need insulin, the moment they need an injection, so they can avoid injections altogether throughout their life on Omnipod-like products as they progress in their type 2 diabetes. Yeah, in fact, I'll just, I'll just tag on to Brett's comments. Um, that's a key thing for us in, in terms of growing the TAM. We obviously, we have the leading offer right now for patients with type 2 diabetes with Omnipod Dash, as, as Brett just referred to. But with the basal-only pod, we'll be getting much earlier and, you know, much much further upstream into the, the journey of patients. Um, and because it'll be the same 
core Omnipod platform as a product, patients will get used to using our Omnipod product. And then as their insulin needs change, it creates a pathway for them onto our other offerings. So it's a great experience for patients. We're going to dramatically simplify the use of basal insulin for those type 2 patients. Um, and then those customers, as they progress in their therapy, will have a natural pathway onto our other offerings. Thank you. And I show our next question comes from the line of Larry Bejelson from Wells Fargo. Please go ahead. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking the question, and I'll echo my uh, congratulations on a really strong quarter here. Um, Wade, I wanted to focus on the U.S., the $16 million, I think, in one-time items in Q3. Do you expect more in Q4? And I'm trying to reconcile, if I back that out, Wade, um, you know, I get to about 33% growth in Q3, um, X one-time items, you know, why are you guiding to, you know, 27 to 30%, you know, for Q4, a little bit slower? And how do we put that into the context of the, you know, 2023 color you gave, if I heard you correctly, low 20% range uh, for, for U.S. Omnipod growth uh, next year, um, you know, given the Q4 uh, guidance that you've given? Thanks so much. Yeah, you bet, Larry. So just, you know, starting with this uh, volume that we got, additional volume we got around Omnipod 5, um, as we mentioned in the prepared remarks, is some of its timing because we only had Omnipod 5 and full market release for two months out of the quarter. And um, when people, when some people start on Omnipod 5, as it turns out, a good percentage of them um, ended up getting their starter kits as well as their first refill order in the quarter. Give us some additional volume, and then we also had some retail uh, pharmacy stocking that um, is going to happen over time as more and more retail channels start to stock the product. So that, that was the two drivers of additional volume in the quarter. Um, your question on whether we think that will continue in Q4, um, we're going to monitor it very closely. We've got a lot of scenarios here of how this could play out. Um, what we're anticipating in the guide that could push us either to the high end or the low end is how many of these people either wait a month to get their next script. Some people may order in the middle of the month or some people may immediately just get their next script. And so we're gonna to have to watch some of these dynamics and see if this, um, this volume can continue into, into Q4. Um, and so you know, just a lot to monitor, a lot of changing dynamics with Omnipod 5. Uh, we're very happy to get the volume here. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, we are a volume business in the pharmacy channel. We're doing a lot to drive volume, you know, both increasing access as well as all the things we're doing around innovation um, and, and uh, awareness, as well as the clinical work we're doing. You, you saw us announce this quarter down to age two, you know, doing a lot of things to drive volume here. And, um, and so we're really excited at the front end to be in the first, just, just the first two months, and we're gonna monitor this. Um, we do think we'll get the benefit in Q4 as well, but it should be somewhat offset by those people in Q3 that either take a little bit longer or take a whole month to place their next order. Uh, and then, Larry, you, you uh, talked a little bit more about the Q4 guide. Um, if you normalize for these volume benefits, then you're right. We are in about uh, low 30s growth rate here on a normalized basis for Q2. And then as you look forward to Q4, um, we certainly have a much tougher comp. We had a significantly 
very strong quarter in Q4 last year, so we have to keep that in mind. And then, of course, we're at the front end of Omnipod 5, and so we don't want to get out in front of that. Uh, we're going to continue to monitor it, but, uh, but we're really excited to see what can happen in Q4. And then, as I mentioned, the key for 2023 is, uh, you know, law of large numbers. Uh, we're planning for growing the dollar growth of the business in 2023, and that settles us out in that low 20s. And I think that's a good place to start. Again, we're not guiding. We're just trying to give some color, and uh, we'll give our official guidance uh, in February next year, which will give us another whole quarter here in Q4 and the start of Q1 to really understand some of these changing dynamics. Thank you. And I share our next question comes from the line of Caitlin Cronin from Canaccord Genuity. Please go ahead. Hi, this is actually uh, Kyle on here. So, uh, the one question I wanted to talk about was specifically moving into you know more of a Type Two focus. I mean, obviously you have a Type Two business now. Uh, we've seen some of your your other diabetes you know, technology partners. You know when they've gone more meaningfully into the you know, the the basal market, you know, they they've made some commercial changes or a commercial you know, shift in focus, adding salespeople, things of that sort. Just Brett wondered, you know, how how we should think about the state of the sales force now with respect to the Type Two market, and maybe the investments you'll need to make over the course of the next twelve to twenty four months when you bring the basal only, and then eventually uh, an AID for Type Two. Yeah, hi Kyle. Th thanks for the question. So we've got a really strong Type Two offering today, as you know. With, with access that mirrors type one in the pharmacy channel. So we'll start there. We've got a really good product with Dash that's got an indication for all insulin requiring patients, great coverage. Uh, we're going to add to that offering with um, getting an indication for Omnipod 5 as we've started that, that trial, that, that clinical. And we're going to add the basal only pod uh, in 2024. And, and we think, you know, what that does for us is it does allow us to capture patients the moment they need insulin. You know, it, it's too early to say what the commercial uh, model will look like for that product, but we know we can capture some of it uh, today with just the existing sales force and team that we have, as many of those patients do reside in endocrinology. And we do call on a small number of primary care physicians with the existing sales team. So more to come there, I think it does just depend on how quickly we can build reimbursement, how quickly that launch goes, and then how we start to think about primary care and capturing patients where they reside. But uh, we'll talk more about that probably later in 2023. There's a, there's a lot to consider there. It's really exciting. It, it more than doubles our TAM with more than 3 million patients in the U.S. that are basal only. So we're excited about it, and there's, there's a lot to consider as far as how we commercialize it in 2024. Thank you. And I show our next question comes from the line of Jason Bedford from Raymond James. Please go ahead. Uh, good afternoon. Just uh, two questions that require quick answers. Um, on the 23 guidance, just kidding, Wade. I know it's not guidance, but just what's the, uh, the expected FX impact on revenue? And then second, on the basal-only pod, you mentioned submitting in the next few days. But I think commercialization not until 24. So one, I just want to know: is it a 510k? And second, why the big gap between selling and commercialization? Thanks. Sure, you bet. Uh, happy to talk about the 23 color that we're providing to help everyone here before we get to guidance, Jason. Uh, that's on a constant currency basis, um, and so uh, obviously 
um, not going to be factoring in uh, where we think FX is going to go at this point. So just uh, think about the, the color there on a constant currency basis, and then I don't know if you want to talk to Basil, Jim. Um, so on Basil, yeah, it, it is a 510K. We, we're submitting it imminently. Um, just a couple of things. We don't want to get out in front of timelines on approvals. Um, so we, you know, we don't want to we want, don't want to do that publicly. We'll let you guys know uh, as we get approval what we're going to do. And then, as Brett was saying, there's there's work to be done on the commercialization plan. And I think the reason for that is it's a new to world offer. It's not it's not a new pod. It's a new it's an Omnipod platform, um, you know, built on our core offering. But the, the patient set is new, the, the channel might be new, the call points might include new call points. There's just a lot to consider in the commercial offering that we need to work through. And so we don't want to jump the gun on, on talking about those things until we have more certainty. Thank you. And I show our next question comes from the line of Steve Lichtman from Oppenheimer. Please go ahead. Thank you. Hi, guys. Um, just a couple of uh, quick quick follow-ups. Um, one, can you give any more color on timing of iOS? And two, relative to um, uh, Basil only, I apologize if you mentioned this, but do you anticipate that being a lower COGS device, given maybe you know, a different uh, price point as you go into, uh, into that channel? Thanks a lot. So we start with iOS. The iOS, um, you know, that, that work is, uh, is proceeding. As we said last quarter, um, we're really confident in what we're building there. Um, our teams have tested it. We've had it out testing on, on uh, sample customers. And we'll give you more updates as we get closer. That's another one I don't want to jump the gun on. And, you know, it's our practice to not talk about those dates until they're right in our hands. And so, um, but we're very confident that our iOS offering is going to be very strong, and we want it to get it to market um, as quickly as we can. Um, on the on the basil pod, I'll just say that um, maybe you can maybe the guys can remind me of the question. Sure, just around the pricing. And, oh, yeah. pricing. I'm, Which we're not. That's you know we're not we're not ready to talk about pricing. Now, I will say about the basil pod is that you know because it's um, it's based on our core Omnipod platform, you know it has all the same IP wrapped into it, all the same IP protections. What's different about it is that it's basil only, and so it doesn't take a controller. Um, you know it has a basil rate built into it, makes it really simple for, you know, just give you some color of what we're picturing here. Um, and it's because it's the Omnipod with the auto insertion, um, you know, it's really easy to put on. If anybody has a needle phobia, look, I'm needle phobic, right? And I've worn the Omnipod. I can't feel, I cannot feel the cannula go in. And that's what we're going for here is anybody that is, is on basal-only therapy and has to do daily or weekly injections who is, has needle phobia doesn't really want to do that. And the beauty of this of this basal only pod is it's going to make that insertion really easy and then allow the customer to get their basal rate on a continuous basis over 72 hours. It's very disruptive, um, and it's uh, we think it's going to be an extremely simple experience and really change um, and potentially lift it. should have a huge benefit to their care and a huge potential benefit to payers. But there's a lot to be worked through. So, you know, we're not going to talk about pricing. We're not going to talk about COGS and those things. We'll give you guys more detail as we get closer. Thank you. And I show our next question comes from the line of Chris Pasquale from Nephron Research. Please go ahead. Thanks. A couple more questions about the basal pod, which sounds like a very exciting opportunity. 
first, what percentage of basal patients uh, have reimbursement coverage for Omnipod today? Are you going to be able to piggyback on that, or you have to start from scratch with the new product? And then second, there's obviously a lot of focus on CGM adoption in this population. Is there any potential benefit to having the pod and the CGM sensor talk to each other in this population? Do these patients need to titrate insulin rates uh, as their disease progresses or anything like that? Because um, it sounds like what you're talking about here is, is more of a de-featured offering. Thanks. Yep. Hi, Chris. Uh, great question. The, the reimbursement today for basal-only patients, uh, it, it, the answer to that is there really is no difference between insulin-intensive type 2 patients and basal patients, patients as far as reimbursement goes. However, uh, Omnipod was not built with basal only in mind. And so while there are some patients using it for basal only, it just wasn't really built that way. <clears throat> and again, there's complexity with PDMs, there's complexities with settings. And so if you're going to use a product like DASH today, although it's reimbursed, you effectively have to kind of program DASH to say, look, we're going to get rid of all the mealtime features, uh, a lot of the features, and just use it as a basal-only product. So not ideal for basal-only. wasn't built that way. It does uh, seem complex to, some, to like a primary care physician that simply wants to write a prescription, which is what they would do with basal-only pod. And so while the reimbursement's there, uh, we, we plan on changing it because it, it will be a different code, and so it will be a different reimbursed rate and a different price. We just haven't, uh, we're just not ready to talk about that. We've got work to do before we get confident in, in talking about what that will be, what we'll contract for. As far as the CGM go, uh, goes, you know, it, that's a lift for us because, as you know, uh, CGMs provide the user with tremendous information that requires them to act. It, it shows physicians uh, time and range, and that's going to be really valuable for driving demand for a product like Basil Only Pod. But, you know, our initial thinking is we really don't want those two products to speak to each other because it does add complexity, as you mentioned. And so, you know, the, the thought on, on basal only pod is to keep it as simple as possible, as de-featured as possible. We want a physician to write a prescription, and that really is it. And so that means no, uh, no communication with the CGM, no reports, no settings. <clears throat> that's what we're thinking about today, and we think that's the best way to go broad and capture that marketplace. Thank you. And I see our next question comes from the line of Matthew O'Brien from Piper Sandler. Please go ahead. Mr. O'Brien, your line is open. I'm sorry. I see our next question comes from the line of Marie Thibault from BTIG. Please go ahead. Hi, yes, thank you for taking the question. Um, you know, in your uh, comments, you mentioned that uh, current Omnipod users are converting to Omnipod 5 at a much higher rate than previous launches. I'm just curious what portion of that installed base has converted at this point and what portion you think could eventually convert over time. Thanks for taking the questions, and, and congrats on a great quarter. Hey, Murray, it's Wade. I can start that one, and then I'm sure Brett or Jim might want to jump in. <clears throat> so. Given that we're just in the first couple months of our full market release, we are just getting started here. So um, we have seen, just, just like in all the channels we mentioned, uh, the competitive switches as well as MDI, conversions of existing Omnipotters has also been incredibly strong, um, even just in the first few months, and, uh, and tracking them through their journey uh, coming to Omnipod 5. Um, so the way we are thinking about this right now is if we continue to see accelerated rates of conversion, converting customers, It'll probably last throughout 2023, and uh, the majority of them should be through uh, in 2023. But again, 
only the first couple months here. We're going to be watching this as, as we are with many of these different dynamics. Do these really strong converting trends continue after the first couple months, or do they ebb and flow over the next few years? Um, but if we continue with these trends, we should have most customers converted by the end of 2023. Thank you. And I share our next question comes from the line of Matthew O'Brien from Piper Sandler. Please go ahead. How about this time? Can you guys hear me? You're loud and clear, Matt. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, so I would love to kind of follow up a little bit on, I think, what Maria was talking about as well, but, but more on the competitive pump side of things, because that was really new information, and, and, the, and the shift so quickly is kind of startling. So you know, is it is it a function of the more legacy provider in the space that you're really, you know, being successful? Is it is it both of the big players there? And then can you talk about how that momentum has built or built throughout the quarter and and your thoughts on, um, you know, continuing to, to drive into the competitive um, pump um, share over the next, you know, several, several quarters and years? Thanks. Thanks, Matt. I, well, look, I think, as we said earlier in the call, um, customers no longer need to choose. Right? So um, a number of customers have, you know, forever been drawn to the great simplicity and elegance and ease of use of, of the pod form factor. And with OmniPod 5, we're offering a fantastic AID algorithm. And so they get AID therapy in the preferred form factor. They get it in the channel they want. They get it with the economics they want. And so it's actually not surprising to us to see a number of people switch from tubed pump offerings. Our, you know, the offering is... Um, it's just so easy to use, and it delivers great clinical outcomes, incredibly ease of use, and great economics. And so, you know, we've had we were we were pleased to see the the rate of switching in the quarter. In terms of of forward look, I think we're going to have to wait and see how it plays out. But as I said earlier, I don't I don't think that this that the Omnipod Five offering will become any less appealing either to customers coming from MDI or to customers who might be using a tube pump who went there because they wanted an AID offer. So we're very confident in, in the robustness of the offer. Thank you. And I show our next question comes from the line of Matt Taylor from Jeffries. Please go ahead. Hi, thanks for taking the question. Um, I guess there's been a lot of questions on the U.S., which is looking great. I wanted to ask an international one. Uh, you mentioned a few Catalyst there, obviously, the CE mark, but some evidence development that's going on there as well to expand coverage. I was just hoping you could kind of frame how you expect those kind of things to help your international growth uh, next year and going forward. So on international, you know, there's a number of things going on. We're very pleased to get the CE mark. Um, so that's that's no longer a hurdle we have to get over. We have CE mark, and, and um, that's good to go for Omnipod 5. As we've, as we've said before, what we're working on now in terms of Omnipod 5 launch is making sure that we have the right cloud infrastructure um, that delivers the right, um, you know, you think about the Omnipod 5 offering, it's a very holistic offering for the customer. So we want to make sure that we're delivering the full Omnipod 5 experience in the markets where we launch. And we also obviously have to be comporting both with European and with any local market data privacy and security regulations. And so that's, that's work that's being built. We don't need the RCT with, that we talk about to do that. The, you know, so, um, so we'll be, if I could just go back for a second to Omnipod 5 uh, XUS, 
you know, as we've said, we'll be launching um, in, in Europe in the middle of 23, and then we'll stage those launches to make sure that we have the right launch plan for each market as we cascade, you know, the second half of 23 into 24 and launch those markets. The, the randomized controlled trial is designed to make sure that we have the right kind of clinical evidence to position Omnipod 5 appropriately in ex-US markets. And so we're confident that we're going to be able to demonstrate benefit of our AID algorithm and the pod form factor against non-AID constant CGM alone. And that's where we're building evidence, which is a huge effort for us, or a huge, it's a huge emphasis for us to continue to build evidence for Omnipod 5. Thank you. And I show a last question in the queue. It comes from the line of Matt Mixick from Barclays. Please go ahead. Hey, thanks so much for fitting me in, and uh, congrats on a really strong quarter. Um, just a, a, maybe a couple of comments, uh, questions around color on uh, on sort of tubeless and and peas. If you could maybe uh, you know elaborate on your expectations for you know what what percentage of people with diabetes in the U.S. historically had been you know selecting tubeless pumps, your your pump essentially in the past and and uh, if you think that's changing and, and why and then maybe just some some color as to if the mix of your patients is changing in terms of age or folks coming in as peds and staying or returning you know after leaving that kind of color would be super helpful so, and, and congrats again yeah hi matt that, thanks for the question so you know um as, as we sort of highlighted uh, we we are the leader in driving penetration from MDI, and that has always been our focus. So the bulk of our new starts, and for us a new start is the first time you start on an Omnipod product, and we don't, we don't count renewals, we don't count um, other shipments. If you start on Omnipod, you're a new start once in, in your lifetime, and our focus has always been MDI, and that's where the 80-20 number has come from, where 80% of those new starts have come from MDI. This quarter we did see that shift where only 60% came from MDI because we had a, a, a bolus of people coming from tube pumps that we hope continues. And, you know, um, the, uh, the other thing, you know, we've also been the leader of pediatrics. I think you're, you're kind of asking about where our, our customers come from. You know, pediatrics has, has always been our strength. You think about the form factor of Omnipod 5, very attractive to parents and to children. Uh, we, we lost a little bit with the lack of an AID system where parents were actually forced, again, to make that decision between the, the form factor that's perfect for pediatrics and an AID system, now they don't have to make that. So we did see a lift, a significant lift in pediatrics as, as a percentage of our new starts this past quarter. We're excited about that. Those are patients that are newly diagnosed that we want to start on Omnipod and want them to use our products for life. So excited about that trend, excited to be get, beginning to get uh, competitive to pump users. And I think you asked sort of about uh, people coming back. And as Jim highlighted at the beginning of the call, we did see thousands of people this past quarter come back to Omnipod. So they, they left us for a reason. Uh, likely that was an AID reason and a lack of. And so with Omnipod 5, they're coming back to that product. Uh, we, we've seen attrition be very stable, and, and we're excited about what Omnipod 5 does to strengthen retention with our existing users. Thank you. I'm sure no further questions in the queue. This concludes our Q&A session. At this time, I'd like to turn the conference back over to Jim Hollinsheads. President and Chief Executive Officer for closing remarks. Thanks, Dylan, and thanks everyone for joining us today. 
These are incredibly exciting times at Insulid as Omnipod 5 is out in the market transforming diabetes management for thousands of people, and that number keeps growing. And we could not be more excited to further expand our addressable market with our new innovation in Type 2 for the Type 2 community with our basal only pod. We've got an incredible team and we with significant momentum and to continue to execute on our mission. Thank you and have a great evening. Thank you. This concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.